What's up, Pocket Dudes? Welcome to Pokemon Go to the Movies. I'm your host, Dan Video Games, and with me is Bob. It's Darkrai. Chris Wolfhart. It's Darkrai. Dr. Agro. The answer lies in the heart of Pokemon Battle. And Shibi Agato from Millennium Mike. Go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> I am no longer asking. <laughs> this is Darkrai with the bloodshot eyes grabbing its head. <laughs> this time we watched Pokemon the movie colon The Rise of Darkrai, or as it's known in Japan, Pocket Monsters Diamond and Pearl the movie Dialga versus Palkia versus Darkrai. That is a way more accurate title. <laughs> yes. The Rise of Darkrai has a real Robin's Wild Ride energy to it, where you spend the whole short going, is this really Robin's moment? <laughs> the Darkrai will rise, we swear. <laughs> Still not as good a name as most of the Dragon Ball ones. I don't think we're ever going to get better than, like, the 10 billion power battle, which I think would be an accurate title for this movie. <laughs> it would, yeah. yeah, absolutely. We're also not going to get a moment where Ash stares a legendary in the eyes and says, all living things die alone. <laughs> well, legendary's going to tell him that, though, all that. <laughs> Probably. Ash then throws sparkles into Arceus and it explodes. He's going to nuke it with his fucking aura. Right. Because we pretty well established he has an aura. I wonder if that will play out this time as he tries to solve the problems. For people who have never joined us for Pokemon Go to the movies before, what we're going to do is synopsize the movie briefly. And then we will move on to our segments where we rank how the dex check is going, like how good are the Pokemon this time? Could this problem be better solved with a gun? And a bunch of other things like, is Ash in a coma? So stick around through synopsis if you've already seen this film to find out what we thought. At this point, the intro narration really has a wake up Shoryuken energy to it. The narrator talks about how Pokemon are literally everywhere and we're never going to be able to count them all. <laughs> They're all over the planet and live shoulder to shoulder with people. And they keep showing all the legendaries that definitely do not live shoulder to shoulder with people. But here's the good news. In this intro, Rayquaz is flying around. So I guess whatever was happening with the scientist tasting him. In yeah, the I guess last... he killed all those guys. Yeah, they're dead. They're right? just gone. <laughs> it was not. It was short. It's like, oh, oh, wow. Surprise. It ended exactly. Exactly the way we thought it would. Rayquaza, in fact, did not want to live shoulder to shoulder with anybody. <laughs> I didn't want any of those people to live shoulder to shoulder at all anymore. Well, while he was tasing him, he's like, I have to go. I That fuck Frieza is up there and I have to keep him from getting any closer to the planet. <laughs> this is important. Rayquaza really is the celestial dog barking at every car that comes past. <laughs> yes. Uh, we get a three by four grid of video, picture and picture and picture videos going of all these movies we've been watching and random episodes of the TV show. And then it cuts to our cast where May and Max have both been replaced with Dawn. It's really funny to be like, look at all these good times they have swap. Yeah, <laughs> May's dead. Max seems to have been replaced by a frog. Yes. <laughs> Krogunk's a pretty solid replacement for Max. Krogunk is better. Krogunk now seems to fulfill the role of bailiff that Max was previously filling, where it's just like, 
Okay, Brock's talking to a woman, paralyze him with toxic touch. <laughs> now, here's the problem with that, is that all Krogunk is doing is microdosing him with poison so that Brock can become immune one day and further harass women. So I hope Krogunk has a plan C. Yeah. Well, what is it going to be? Is it going to be like in Family Guy when Quagmire gets maced and yes. says he has an immunity? Exactly. No, this is like Princess Bride when it's like, no, I've been taking this shit for years. What do you mean you poisoned me? There's, oh, he's gonna come up on her lady and be like, "Hi, you're not in my book." And she's just gonna inject him with a neurological poison. And he's gonna be like, "I've been training for this tank for the last five years." Krogon has a pepper spray bottle that's just like pure neurotoxin. <laughs> The, the intro narration kind of wraps, kind of, uh, and we cut to a space-time rift, some sort of cool purple dimension with unknown flying everywhere. There is a reality here who, exposed heretofore unheard of. It's poised to redefine the undiscovered and mysterious. Ooh, thank you, intro narration. Then we get epic dong sounds as it shows Palkia and Dialga, and I'm like, oh, this is epic. This is like the intro for Pokemon 4th Gen where it just go dong and it shows that yeah no this is cool I like this you know what else I like in this movie and I was really hoping I could hold back on saying this but I really can't they sound like the game sounds I love oh, yeah. that Palkia Dialga sound like mm. the game versions of themselves because they're like we're not going to give them the gift of speech they should sound like extra dimensional so fuck it they sound like a DS going crazy <laughs> anyway we cut from the epic hyperbolic time chamber or whatever dimension to a research room where a nerd is reading a book and there is an hourglass on the counter. He says, two entities that never should have met cross paths in the space-time rift. This ill-fated meeting has brought forth their unbridled wrath, enveloping the city. And apparently this is a note in uh, Godi's diary. A diagnostic machine in the corner is going crazy and the hourglass is magically knocked off by nothing because it's nowhere near anyone and falls to the floor. We cut back to Dielga and Palkia being cool and having a battle. It looks to me like they have 3D models of them. They're like rotoscoping almost, which kind of looks neat. They keep fighting in this lightning rift that literally looks like the background from Dragon Ball GT Final Belt level. And they're shooting sick energy beams at each other. It's pretty neat. The storm around them, as I mentioned before, is made of unknown. So that whenever they have a huge collision, it's almost like the third Matrix film's bubble of rain, except for it's unknown flying out. And that is really neat. In this, they have to go extra hard. Okay, so here's what happens. Dialga's butt fin extends. Palkia's <laughs> tiny wings move out a little more and he starts flying around really fast. It's pretty cool. However, Dialga shoots a beam and just instantly owns Palkia in the opening of the film, which hurt. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Hits him, it hits him square <laughs> in the shoulder jewel, which cracks it a bit. And I'm like, well, it kind of is Palkia's fault. He seemed to be blocking with it. It's like if a dude lifted weights and he was like, yeah, I'm so buff. I can take this directly to the shoulder. <laughs> it made sense in his head. <laughs> Look, what else was he going to block with? His little hands? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's, he's got nothing else to tank it with. <laughs> he's got a tiny little baby hands. You know, I have an idea of how that would look. I just saw my 4'8 girlfriend play Pistol Whip, and the game's like, okay, now Pistol Whip them, and it looked like a T-Rex was trying to buy a box someone. <laughs> it was really good. 
we get the title card at this moment and uh, like both Bob and I noticed that it just plays some Batman theme song sounding notes for dark. <laughs> yes, Ride. it does. Yeah. It's very funny. Why is it yeah. feeling that? It, it's literally like, dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. there's a lot of that kind of imagery re- around dark Rye in this movie. Yeah. It keeps getting stronger. He can speak English. Just have him say, I am the knight. <laughs> Like, why not go the whole way? I don't know. Maybe four kids would have. <laughs> I think they would have. Yeah. But the intro with the title card and the fancy stuff and the Batman copyright infringement ends. <laughs> and we get a little narration as our characters are walking. It says, it appears our heroes have found themselves on a beautiful day with which to continue their journey. Ash's quest for Pokemon Mastership is shared with Pikachu, Don, and Brock, who all quest for excitement. They're just in it for kicks, I guess. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess that that describes Brock. Oh, God. The next site of both quests is the Pokemon Contest located in Alamos Town. Then they come up on the city and they're like, oh, my God, there it is. So they start running really fast only to realize it's up on a cliff on the opposite shore. And there's a large body of water between them. And I have had this moment in open world games countless fucking times. (laughs) I like finding out that Dawn has a goal and wants to do contests because I feel like in all the movies of May, I have no idea what she does other than be big sister. She wants to be a mom. She also does contests. I, wow. <laughs> That's the thing. In the anime, she does these. Yeah, they're, they're the girls. So somebody decided that every female Pokemon sidekick, just every time they speak, they have to set women back 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Like every single line. Like even that aside, I'm with Bob. I knew Dawn was into contests and I don't think I've seen a single episode she was in. Right? That's (laughs) like they just, it never came up for May when I saw it. Holy shit. A lady descends from the sky in a hot air balloon and offers them a lift. Her name is Alice from Alamos Town. Brock is floored because she's not inside of his blue book of hot babes. And he starts to feel like he's failed her in this way. He says he's going to make it better by taking her out. And that's when Krogan takes him out with a quick poison jab to the spine. God, this book is getting worse in every movie. Oh, yeah. No, I, this is I can guarantee you MVP is going to be the race to snatch Krogunk. <laughs> <laughs> Defender of women everywhere. Krogunk. <laughs> the, the only ally on this fucking team. Maybe the Batman theme was for Krogunk. <laughs> <laughs> don't we find out that Krogunk is actually Brock's Pokemon? He keeps this with him yes. like, by choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he every, needs a restrainer every night, and he knows it. Every night staring at a half-empty bottle of Jack Daniels, Brock looks across the room to Krokok and he's like, Krokok, keep me on the straight and narrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems to be like, Krogunk, I can't get arrested anymore. Hope the Pokemon world is a three strikes you're out world. I am not going down long term. You need to shut me down if it seems like I'm stepping over the line. <laughs> Krogunk, if Officer Jenny gets me one more time, I'm going to court and they're going to put a restraining order on me. I can't have that. I can't have that, man. Gonna... I need you to take the shot. <laughs> Do you know how fucking over it is if Nurse Joy gets a restraining order on you? You can't go like 15 feet without running into one of them. Where could I even go? The forest. They're going to seal him in a pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> 
Alice explains she works part-time as a hot air balloon tour guide, and she's also a music student, and she can play the leaf like a motherfucker. As she does this, a bunch of birds approach and fly alongside them, and it's really cool. The hot air balloon, by the way, is powered by a chimchar blowing flames up into it. It is so fucking cute. I love it. Team Rocket, however, is leering behind them like their own sort of Brock-like behavior. Just hanging out slightly behind them in a balloon that's shaped like a carnivine. They're like, oh, this is great. Hot air balloons are really cool. They're really taking <laughs> off. Oh, it was so awesome. And then rogue drift looms and drift blend float up. And I go, oh, they're just going to kidnap Meowth and they're never going to see him again. <laughs> He's so small. He's done for. That's not going to happen, Dan. Me- Meowth isn't a child. <laughs> He's he's child shaped, right? He's just a child with really big feet. He's just a little guy. Look, when you kidnap as many children as a drift blem, you can tell the difference between a short person and a child. Yeah, they're gonna pick up me out for like a, a few feet. Realize it's not a child and drop him. Yeah, he'll land on his feet. That's good. That'll help. <laughs> Jesse tries to capture the uh, Drifloons and Drifloom with a uh, net, and they get blown away. I, I, at this moment, Team Rocket has fallen so far. I kind of just hope for this one moment that they disappear from the movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they arrive in Alamos Town, and as they float in, they go, oh, look at those towers. And they explain, they're the space-time towers. They were designed by Godi 100 years ago. Ash then struggles to figure out that 100 is 10 times 10. <laughs> I've never announced I'm bad at math. (laughs) He went on this journey when he was 10. That's fourth grade. And and he's been 10, 10 times over since then, which means holds up fingers. The tower with the purple stained glass represents space. And the one with the blue stained glass represents time. Ooh. The nerd from earlier is detecting power waves coming in, and he says powerful forces are colliding with each other. The main crew gets knocked around by it, but Alice just goes, oh, it's fine, it's probably the win. You guys want to go on a tour? And then we get a musical montage of battling and food and stuff! Why do all, po- like, dub Pokemon songs? Why do they all sound like something that a youth pastor would yes! play you to teach you that he's hip? Oh, yeah, they all do, Absolutely. It's almost like it's the genre's Christian rock without all the Christ. <laughs> it really does remind me of when Strong Bad teaches you how to do, do hair metal, but if he was teaching you like Christian rock. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just say something, just wail about being on a journey and how you're going to make it and something about dreams. Just just go on. Yeah, generally it's something, something, friendship quest. Yeah, we're going to try our best. Yeah, it's like the, every song's that. Yeah. Yeah, and then just insert a single Pokemon name and you're done. <laughs> My brain just did robot roll call but for Pokemon. <laughs> just do a robot roll call. You're good. Um, anyway, Ash eats Brock's candy, laughs, runs away, and runs into three random trainers who have evolution of the fourth gen starters, and they do some battles, and it's, uh, the music is going, and I'm like, hey, look at all these fourth gen starter representations. I, I love it because, man, fourth gen starters, they're real good. Man, they're introduced yeah. like this, and I think that they're going to be characters. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You really were. That might be the most wrong you've ever been about any of these movies. (laughs) Alice takes them to her favorite place in the whole town now that the musical has ended. It is a garden designed by Goaty to represent the harmony between humans and Pokemon. 
there's a Relux Ray and a Shinx and an Azuril and an Azumarill and there's so many Pokemon and it's so good. Anyways, Alice says she's been playing here since she was little. So all the Pokemon there are like friends to her. Ash goes, okay, I will play pull out all my Pokemon to play, which is the second wake up DP of the movie. <laughs> yeah, wake up Diamond Pearl. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that should have been the title of one of these. He has a Turtwig. There are so many good Pokemon on screen, like Pachirisu, Badu, Cherubi. It's it's great. It's fantastic. But there's a problem. A fight breaks out between all these Pokemon because Piplup tried to grab a berry, and Pachirisu's a dick and nabbed it seconds <laughs> earlier. There were more berries on that bush. What is wrong with you, Pachirisu? Uh, Piplup is also a dick, to be fair. From what I remember of Diamond and Pearl, Piplup is just kind of an asshole. <laughs> He's on the straight and narrow for one movie. That way I'm like, Piplop, oh, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> Piplop's too cute to be accused of anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's tragic. He, every time he just goes, I'm just a little guy. I'm, I'm my just birthday. a little man. It's my birthday. I'm a birthday boy. You can't put me in prison because of finance uh, crimes. <laughs> it's my birthday. It's just a little quip, though. Anyway. Lines are divided. There's a veritable Pokemon civil war forming in the middle of this garden outing. Alice, however, is like, hey, everyone, calm down. And starts doing her badass leafery that sounds like a fucking Super Nintendo RPG song where it's like a MIDI flute. I really love it. Every time it happens, I'm like, this is like if Lunar on happened on the Super Nintendo. It just sounds like that. Brock says <laughs> he's moved deeply by the song, which I think implies Brock thinks he's deep. As this moment ends, Gallade leaps down and warns Alice of something. It can't speak. They panic and run <laughs> off after it. Then they see these six stone pillars that have been melted and twisted. And Alice says, this is terrible. Who could have done this? And a voice from off screen says, go ahead, Bob. It's Darkrai. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact he said it was Darkrai, that voice. It is unreal. It sounds like, I don't know, strong, bad movie suit. I don't <laughs> So bad. <laughs> It's dark red. <laughs> like, oh, like when I first heard it, I, I did a double take. I'm like, did they get Dan Castanella to come in and do this character? <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe then I would have liked him. <laughs> like, it sounds like a Homer Simpson read. I don't mean to alarm you, but it's dark. Red. <laughs> uh, this dude looks like a doofus, and he's dressed as some sort of faux royalty. Team Rocket thinks he looks cool for some reason. This dude wants to be a Gundam villain so bad. He does. <laughs> this guy wishes he was Quattro Vaginas. <laughs> For real. <laughs> he doesn't even have one. Uh, they hear something in the bushes. So Alberto, which is the name of this guy, by the way, commands his Licky Licky to use Hyper Beam. That nerd earlier is apparently in the bushes, gets hit and asks, why did you do that for? Walks to a tree and falls over. He's surprisingly tough. He took a Hyper Beam. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you also really shouldn't be hyper-beaming random sounds in the bushes. That's, <laughs> no. That's a good way to murder children. Again, he wants to be a Gundam villain. <laughs> this dude's from Florida, so he, just any sound, he just screams, I'm standing my ground! And has it do the fucking hyper-beam. Yeah. You could at least say Texas instead, man. <laughs> I don't want this guy here. No, I'm sorry. Florida is now Texas 2. It's the new improved model. Uh, Tuxus, actually. <laughs> no, check the legislation. Licky licky is not allowed in Florida. <laughs> That's an illegal animal to own in Florida. 
That'll stop them. <laughs> Too many people let them loose in the Everglades when they get too big. No. <laughs> They're an invasive species. Wait a now. second. Where are we? This is the Everglades. <laughs> uh, by the way, the nerd's name is Tonio. Tonio is analyzing the base of the stone pillars with his laptop. By the way, I want to say he's strong, but I'm actually more impressed his laptop took that just fine. <laughs> a rock falls on his head. Alice to ch- checks to see if he's okay, which causes Alberto to say, no need to be nice to other men. You're going to marry me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Alice said no to him before. He asks her to dinner. Don jumps and says she's not interested. Alice then runs up to Tonio and says she likes Tonio. Alberto finds that funny. Tonio says, oh, no, liking me is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> and remembers when they were younger and he was holding Alice underneath a tree. Meanwhile, Palki and Dialga are colliding in the unknown space and cause power waves to flow outwards. The waves cut through a stone structure. A shadow appears in the garden. It was dark, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which causes the, the sky to darken. And this is the most impressive detail in this movie. Cherum changes forms because it is no longer bright and sunshiny. That was good. It was so good. I was like, oh, fuck! Darkrai says, do not come here. (laughs) And I swear I didn't laugh. (laughs) You did not then picture cyberpunk music. No, I definitely didn't do that. (laughs) This garden represents the harmony between people and Pokemon. But but like not like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. Not since the incident. (laughs) Now there are cameras. A teenager got hyperbeamed while fucking a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't know who to. This is emotionally complex. <laughs> Alberto isn't having this because he saw Darkrai and got mad. So he has Licky Licky attack Darkrai. Team Rocket calls Darkrai a nice chap. I wonder what they're even doing with their mouths anymore. Darkrai dodges the attack and counters with a shadow ball, but it misses Alberto and hits Ash, who is transported to the shadow realm of the garden where he sees a vision of Palkia's 3D model. Darkrai then appears and starts melting the ground to swallow Pikachu and Ash. They start freaking out and screaming. Pikachu uses an electric shock as they fall into the darkness and... Then they wake up in a hospital bed with Ash being fried by Pikachu. He's so excited to not be, you know, swallowed by the earth itself that he starts squeezing (laughs) Pikachu, which nearly crushes him. And Don's like, Jesus Christ, Ash, cut it out. He's dying. Pikachu deserves it, little fuck. (laughs) This is what it feels like, Pikachu. Long live the king, Pikachu. Ash just gets a taser and tases Pikachu back occasionally. This is what it feels like. It's basically for Pikachu. I imagine that's the same as like spritzing a cat on the on the face or like with with a water bottle. Pikachu would feel it and be uncomfortable, but it wouldn't hurt. Be like, oh, oh, God, no, stop that. Ash is upset. He says, I'm going to give Darkrai a real battle. Everyone's around his bed and it's just like, "Uh, all right. But Alice Alice is like, hey, guys, let's let's just see straight through the entire message of this movie. Alberto attacked first. That guy sucks. <laughs> Tonio thinks about this and he's like, the power to warp space is so incredible. And then yells, I have to look at more data and walks away straight into a wall. Alice thinks it's cute. You know, I really feel bad for Tonio because <laughs> apparently this dude looked like 60 since he was five. Sometimes these things happen. Whatever, Alice probably thinks that's cute, too. Tonio is back in his research lab and finds a sepia photo of Alice's grandmother, Alicia. 
he says she met Darkrai in the garden. A flashback now shows this, and Alicia plays that leaf whistle too. Damn. And calms an aggressive Darkrai. Darkrai then started to live in the garden. Tony is looking at the diagrams for a machine that is clearly the Towers of Time of Space or whatever, and says, The nightmare told me just what we needed to do. For the future, I need to leave Oracion for the world. This is apparently in the diary. Elsewhere, Team Rocket pretends to be, and I quote, TV people with a bunch of disguises. Meowth is wearing bob hair for some reason. And they tell Alberto they want to do an interview with the man who banished Darkrai. Alberto is playing with toy trains. <laughs> the man who banished Darkrai. I remember he killed a child. Unclear. Unclear. I just, I love this moment of them just being like, oh, Alberto, you're so cool. We're going to just jack off your ego. And he's like, cool, I'll go play with toy trains. Yeah, it's really... <laughs> trying to be that cool when you play with toy trains is really, it's, really bad. I haven't seen anyone pull that off. Maybe it's possible, but I doubt it. Don buys a charm called a Lunar Wing that stops nightmares from a local street vendor. Ash remembers the nightmare 3D model of Palkia and says, Man, I sure hope that works. <laughs> They're now at the towers at the site of the Pokemon contest, which is tomorrow. Elsewhere inside of the tower, they are now seeing giant murals of art sculpted in stone. They have the new Eevees in them, which is great. This dex check is going up. <laughs> yeah, for the first proper Gen 4 movie, I would fucking hope so. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, we got some good reps. Uh, after showing them the tower, Alice steps into the research lab to find Tonio has passed out on the ground. He slept there and says to her, I wish I could have had a nightmare like Godi, and everyone's like, what? What are you talking about? Tonio shows the picture of Alicia to Alice. The old man in the photo is Godi, and on the back of the photo, there is musical notation and a symbol. During this moment of discovery and revelations, Pokemon start fucking around with shit in the shop, and Pikachu's like, stop, 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 and just barely catches a delicate thing and keeps it from hitting the ground thanks to Pikachu and Ash giving the Pikachu backup. Tony explains that that thing they almost dropped is a music disc, and that's what allows the tower to play music. So they go, hey, let's go up the tower and see you play music. And they start walking up these incredibly long set of stairs and go, oh, God, this is this is terrible. And Ash is like, ha ha, I'm eight. I'm going to have energy forever. Let's race to the top. <laughs> that deal was totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> he said inside mentally as he's in the coma bed. <laughs> as, as Ash starts running out of gas trying to run up these stairs, he looks out the window and sees that everyone else is on a hot air balloon to the top. Ash and Pikachu have been betrayed. <laughs> and left in the tower? <laughs> <laughs> left, left shit out of luck on the stairs. Based on the timing, they would have had to, as a group, immediately decided to go back down right this minute and get into the balloon. Not call out to Ash and say, hey, we thought of a better idea. <laughs> yeah. No, just let the fucker run. Yeah. Listen, he booked it. This is on him. I, I actually noticed, because we watched this scene twice, Uh huh. I noticed that after that scene where they split up, Ash runs by the hot air balloon. Like, it's landed somewhere higher up on the building. Yes. Which means somewhere around an eighth or a fourth up this tower, they could get out and get into the balloon. Yes. <laughs> and they all, upon coming across this, said, yeah, Ash deserves to run up the rest of these. Let's just ride the balloon. <laughs> <laughs> they arrive at the top. Ash is dying, and he makes a terrible expression that shows his nostrils. I'm not okay with it. It's very stretchy. 
Tony explains that it normally plays music on the hour, but then instructs them on how to change music discs if they want to play something special, and I assume throw everyone for a loop. Right? Like, we play it, yeah, it plays on the hour. Or whenever a 10-year-old wants to hear something. <laughs> Do you have any hit clips that also plays those? Yeah, I have, I have Wonderwall. <laughs> Whoever built this tower is a fucking dick because they invented a proprietary form of music storage. Yeah, it's hit clips. <laughs> The song is played by giant hammers hitting long, vertically aligned strings that run up the tower. The chimes ring out across the entire town. Antonio says it's the biggest musical instrument around. The townspeople are, like, really happy about this playing at a random spot. They love this thing. They love it. They love it so much. They leave the tower by balloon and Ash yells, Balloons rock! (laughs) I think there's a very realistic portrayal of of a child in this movie. Those random people in the musical montage are there and cause the most unprompted battle in a Pokemon movie yet. They battle. Pikachu battles Empoleon this time instead of Torterra, which was a really bad matchup by Ash in the first battle. Dialga and Palkia fight breaks out, sending power waves everywhere. Tonio runs into the research lab and sees the fighting broke out in a space between dimensions. A purple explosion erupts in the sky above the town and the stability numbers on Tonio's computer go really far down. Darkrai appears again. Team Rocket sees this with Alberto, who attacks again with Licky Licky. Darkrai immediately owns Licky Licky. <laughs> yeah, this dude had a lot of faith in fucking Licky Licky. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, but... I don't know its stat values, but I feel like this is probably an incorrect decision. Yeah, I'm going to say based on a gut check, I would not put that much faith into Licky Licky. Yeah. Oh, Licky Licky does do a lot of crazy, like, spins to dodge stuff in this. He's he's sounded fairly strong. He's very mobile. Yes. He's like, uh, what was it, Bob from Tekken, who does all the flips and shit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, apparently this dude has his, has good hands as an aerodactyl, so maybe it was, maybe it's deserved. <laughs> uh, Don instructs Buizel to attack with Water Gun, which makes Darkrai angry. It uses Dark Void and starts putting tons of Pokemon to sleep. As the attacking continues, Darkrai ducks away and Ash runs down a back street after it. And as he does, he sees a phantom Babarel swimming through the air and into the buildings. Somehow that doesn't, like, make him scream and run away. So Pikachu uh, picks up on there's a dark shadow on the ground and Ash is like, yeah, that's got to be Darkrai. Attack the shadow. They do. Darkrai pops out. Ash tells Pikachu to use Volt Tackle. Pikachu runs so fast he becomes Lineart and yells, Pika, 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 <laughs> Which had a real Aura Aura energy that I loved. <laughs> Alberto now shows up with Rocket, and he's like, yeah, Licky Licky, own him now that we're on a dark back street. (laughs) God damn it. He gets owned instantly. Darkrai leaves after owning Licky Licky. (laughs) For the first part of this movie, I thought they were calling him Roberto. So for this note, I wrote Robert. (laughs) (laughs) Alberto becomes Licky Licky, which convinces Ash he's in a nightmare. So he has Pikachu shock him to wake him up. It doesn't work. This is real. Team Rocket's freaking out while filming him and saying, wow, the camera does add a couple of pounds. And Alberto has no idea why everyone's freaking out. So they show him and he screams my royal tongue, which implies that his tongue Never mind. Anyway, there's a building where all those <laughs> Pokemon are asleep and are being treated by Nurse Joy. Brock is freaking out because of all the phantom Pokemon swimming around, and he assumes he's having hallucinations. He was drugged by Krogunk earlier in this film. <laughs> right? 
Alberto storms in as the Licky Licky, and now they're all freaked out because the Licky Licky is talking to them. Ash explains, no, it really is Alberto. This is not a Licky Licky that has gained the gift of speech that is scamming you. <laughs> like, that would that would work so hard in the Pokemon universe. You just roll up to random towns like, hey, I'm actually a human who's been cursed to be a Pokemon. I need some cash for... To call someone. Is this is this the equivalent of the Nigerian prince scam in the Pokemon yes. universe? Yeah, except you just roll up with a sash. <laughs> poor poor Bill, because this man actually went through it, and nobody's going to fucking believe him. <laughs> Tonio scans the Licky Licky with his laptop, and it says, there's a lot of text on this I found very entertaining. It says he's Baro Berto, and has arrows drawn between the words dream and substantiate. As this happens, he says, the real world is merging with the dream world. He explains that all the phantoms are the Pokemon thinking they're being chased inside of their dreams. Alberto is like this because Licky Licky is dreaming it's him. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. The three random battlers from earlier run in to inform them they are now in Silent Hill. <laughs> the bridge just ends in fog. Honchcrow cannot defog the bridge with... The move defog. We've never been more fucked. (laughs) Ash says, whatever, I'm going to go to the other side. And it just starts running once again. Peak eight-year-old behavior all throughout this movie. (laughs) He runs headlong into the fog and just ends up coming straight out. And he goes, I swear we kept running straight and it's spooky. Alberto blames Darkrai. Or he should have just said, it was dark, right? Again. (laughs) Jesse calls him Baron Licky Licky, and he yells, Baron Alberto, and licks her. This is not okay. No, Mm -hmm. no, it's really not. (laughs) Well, he's not used to his new form. (laughs) It shouldn't stop them from arresting him. (laughs) If only he got the Uncle Ben talk, you know? Uncle Ben just be like, with great power comes great responsibility, Alberto. (laughs) Look, you get put into a body with entirely different senses of limbs and see how good you are at flailing them around. I think that when one of those limbs is a tongue and I'm speaking, (laughs) using my mouth and my tongue, I probably have a good sense of how not to lick someone with my tongue. (laughs) That is a very different um, extension of your body than every normal limb. (laughs) Is, Is this how the aristocracy just is in the Pokemon universe? Is this why everyone puts up with Brock? Like, he just, he seems kind of high class. <laughs> he seems high class! <laughs> oh my God. Do you think this isn't nobility in every world? <laughs> <laughs> Silence, peasant wench. <laughs> He's stupid, incompetent, has a little bit of a Habsburg thing going on. <laughs> I think he's pretty standard as far as nobility go. Alberto, still being a licky licky, commands all the Pokemon to follow him as he marches off towards finding Darkrai. Alice still doesn't believe Darkrai is behind any of this. Tonio has a flashback where Alice, 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 <laughs> where Alice <laughs> falls because a cliff snapped off and she, she, she tumbles off of a high cliff because it eroded and she falls and Darkrai grabs her and safely plants her on the ground. Tonio gets the credit for Darkrai's deed and Alice says, oh, Tonio, you saved my life. I love you, Tonio. Godie's diary says that Alicia is the one who opened up Darkrai's heart. They have no idea why they're trapped and why Darkrai is attacking everyone. Jesse follows Alberto as he marches through the town looking for Darkrai and calls him Baron Licky Licky again, so she gets licked again. Uh, Cue the funniest shot in this film. We get an epic shot 
of the camera flying up to the top of one of the towers where Darkrai is standing with really long curly legs. Yeah, what are these? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, I did not like the reveal that he could deploy legs like a fucking aircraft. <laughs> no, I, I think it's funnier that he has to deploy them physically at will because it's so much cooler if he floats there. Oh, yeah. But I think they're... There is a fear factor to him having those things, and that fits for him. Mm -hmm. It's clearly his mega evolution. <laughs> <laughs> Legs. <laughs> he just pops them sticks. <sighs> it also plays the Batman-like notes again. <laughs> right, so is this little Tim Burton toes just sticking out the bottom. <laughs> it plays a little stinger, and then you just hear... <laughs> Tonyo does some research elsewhere. He keeps playing the footage of the sky explosion over and over. He's all back... And to the left, he zooms in and he sees Palkius peeking in the sky explosion. <laughs> the trainers and Pokemon attacking Darkrai, who himself is saying things like, don't interfere. <laughs> I love that he's like, he's like a weird middle manager at a retail store who's just trying to get people to stop fucking things up. Like, come on, stop it. It's fine. Everyone can get one. Please just line up. <laughs> you know it. Now that you're saying that, yeah, th this is a manager at a retail store where none of the customers will listen to him. Mm -hmm. And if they had just spoken with him about the problem calmly, instead of being freaks and attacking him, this all could have been avoided. But see, you know he's one of the good ones because I feel like your average middle manager at a retail store would just disappear halfway through this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, they didn't oh, listen. I'm gone. I don't need this. I'm going to go hide in the bathroom. <laughs> no, l listen, he really needs this job. Oh. And, like, upper, upper management? Like, the, <laughs> the, the district manager and, like, corporate are arguing. That's Palkia and Dialga here. Yeah, okay. He needs this job. Yeah. It's like, no, guys, it's fine. You don't have to completely fuck up my store as you, do, do, as you both employ two disparate ideas for what our layout should be. Please. Team Rocket is like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's Darker is pretty scary, but uh, I bet you could take him as the Licky Licky Alberto, who is stupid enough to fall for this. So he... He's like, okay, I'm going to attack Darkrai. So he uses his leaky leaky tongue to hit Darkrai, who immediately tosses his round ass back at fucking Team Rocket and sends them flying. They, in fact, blast off again. Good. I'm glad he's out of this movie. Tonio zooms and enhances to show everyone Palkia is inside the explosion. Ash says that's the Pokemon from his dreams. I've been dreaming of this Pokemon forever. Ash, are you okay? <laughs> fucking Tonyo zooms in. He's like, oh, now this I can get into. <laughs> Ash says Darkrai was trying to tell him about Palkia in his dream, and this seems like a stretch, but all right. They wonder where Palkia is out loud. Elsewhere, seemingly at least a mile or two away, Darkrai is floating around as an epic camera zoom goes up to him, and he goes, here. <laughs> I'm like, you can hear them? from there Can i they hear, hear everything <laughs> oh my god are, are they feet or antennae like stop <laughs> fucking in the garden <laughs> you don't want the answers to these questions Darkrai has been tasing teenagers <laughs> Darkrai flies up to palkia and gets knocked the fuck down tbc style it's so funny <laughs> Darkrai shoots a beam at palkia sphere and then Darkrai spell no longer has an effect so all the pokemon start waking up and alberto turns back to normal tonio explains that palkia transported the town to silent hill and the fight between Darkrai and palkia <laughs> continues alice notices that palkia is hurt she sees the jewel 
And she's like, oh, he's hurt. He's just, uh, he's just angry because he's hurt. In the middle of the fight, Dialga shoots a pile of fireballs from off screen. It lit off screen. It literally looks like Meteos or something, like from an early Final Fantasy. Dialga and Palkia start chasing each other around the city and stuff, really low to the ground. Team Rocket gets exploded aside by the force of this chase. Dialga gets the shit knocked out of him by Palkia and plummets to the ground, but then Dialga uses the roar of time. Thumbs up. Very cool. Thank you, movie. <laughs> this is where I note something just separate of the movie's events. I go, Palkia sealed the town in this other dimension just to hide from Dialga. What a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Tonio quotes Godi's writings from earlier in the movie, explaining the dream that Godi had to make this construct was a dream of the future. It was, in fact, a prophecy. Then his laptop goes absolutely bonkers because this fight is crazy. There are beams everywhere. Everything is going crazy. The intensity of the battle starts to melt away the city. Alice yells at them to stop farting. <laughs> stop farting. Stop <laughs> farting, legendaries! <laughs> it's erasing everything. What did you eat? <laughs> and they start to plummet down while grappling. Alice is nearly crushed by them, but Darkrai deflects them, saving her. Darkrai yells at them to go away. <laughs> Shoots a beam at them before completely getting owned by the both of them. Set flying, hurtling off into the distance to crash. So Darkrai is about to rise, right? Yeah, any moment now, Robin <laughs> will have his wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> Alice runs up to Darkrai to check if it's alright They apologize to him and he slips away Ash sees the city melting away in the distance And very casually says Hey check it out guys <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool right He's so He's too on the level This kid needs to have normal emotions In moments like this Let's Let's compare Ash sees all of reality melting away and the fabric of reality itself becoming the literal absence of existence. Hey guys, check this out. Ash sees stairs, comes in at 11. We should run for our lives. Tonio explains if this continues, everything will disappear. Rocket starts running away from the disintegration, screaming, this is the kind of blasting off we don't need. <laughs> Tonio wishes he knew what Erasion was. Which is sad, because I think the entire audience by, knows by now. Dude, I was sitting there like, is is that another legendary I don't remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the part where they start. there starts to be a lot of them. Like one of those random promo babies they kept shitting out. Considering ma the Manaphy movie, I don't blame you. <laughs> In Agro's head, some weird ROM hack bootleg version of Arceus is forming. <laughs> <laughs> It's just he's got a beret on. That's pretty much it. <laughs> it does a fucking revolver ocelot hand gesture. That's that's the main difference. <laughs> With like the human hand coming out of its neck. <laughs> Alice says that's the song on the back of the photo that her grandmother taught her. That is Arasion. They go to the tower to find the correct disc to play the song Arasion. Alice remembers Alicia teaching her the song long ago. Arasion means prayer. Alice looks up to the ornate stone mural to see a girl like herself above a large disc filled with smaller music discs. And then a symbol on the back of the photo lets her know which disc to take. I am a really big sucker for RPGs with important magical songs, so this is kind of neat to me. <laughs> I don't know. I love this shit. I, 
these discs make me think of the Monster Rancher discs. Not, ah. not Arceus's plates, really? <laughs> well, th those are like rectangles. Those are slabs. Those aren't discs. <laughs> I just, I just, my brain immediately went to that first because it's a fourth gen movie. This is my fault, though. I should have watched more Monster Rancher. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Look forward to the Monster Rancher podcast. <laughs> Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, will, I will not watch anything with that little eyeball freak. <laughs> Swayzo compels you. It's okay. We can watch the episodes without him. He's a main character. Oh, look. This is a short podcast. It's four episodes. Right? Uh, the Monster Rancher podcast. But anytime Swayzo's on screen, it cuts to the next scene without him. Right. You have maybe an hour of footage total to work with. That sounds great. <laughs> Brock, Nurse Joy, and random trainers are guiding people and Pokemon to safety. Krogunk successfully defends them against a stray fireball from the battle. Brock looks up at the tower, where the main team is ascending in the hot air balloon. An incredibly risky move, if you ask me, during this battle. An explosion causes Piplup to fall out of the balloon, which, if you watch that shot, Dawn is just holding Piplup up so it can look over the edge. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Ash, however, saves Piplup by using Staravia or Staravia or Starovia or Stravioli. The fighting <laughs> continues. Palkia dodges an attack from Dialga, which flies towards the balloon, but then Darkrai tries to defend. The balloon goes down with Alice in it, and it slowly descends into the darkness as she jumps to get off. She can't quite make the jump. She's standing on the handrail of the bridge and is about to fall, but then Licky Licky tries to save her, but its tongue is too slippery, so she slips out. She's about to fall out of existence itself. And, um... Uh, fucking Tonio rides the drift limit and saves her. So, so thank you, drones. Thank you. She thanks Licky Licky, thinking it's still Alberto for at least trying. And Alberto yells, I'm over here. And as they look at him, they realize everything behind him is melting. So they start screaming and run off. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere, Brock pulls Darkrai up out of a lake. It's unconscious and remembers Alicia saving it in the past, saying she would make him better. Which I wrote in that way because she literally says a sentence that's like, Alicia, make you better. And I'm like, me, Jane. <laughs> it would be so funny if everyone in the Pokemon universe, once a Pokemon gains the gift of speech, they start talking it like it's Tarzan. Yeah. <laughs> me, Ash, catch him. And Meowth's like, what the hell is this kid's problem? <laughs> <laughs> Everything continues to evaporate in the current timeline. Don and Ash are running up the tower, but some steps start melting and disappearing. They have their Pokemon make ice stairs, which is really cool. They have Buneary and Buizel team up to do this. It's it's real neat. Pikachu. Pikachu's like, good job, Buneary. You did a good job. And it gestures and stuff. And then Buneary like hides its face with its little cotton belly and stuff. And it blushes. And it's, it's adorable. What a, good, what a good movie on a dex check front. And maybe nothing else. Outside, all of the Pokemon <laughs> try to fend off the darkness by attacking it. Yeah, they shoot the nothingness. And it seems yeah. to be working. <laughs> It was amazing. Yeah, there needs to be some, like, uh, never-ending story speech happening outside. <laughs> like, I am Gallstaff, Sorcerer of Light. <laughs> Alice yells at Dialga and Palkia to stop it. In a flashback, Alicia tells Darkrai that he can stay here forever. This garden is for everyone. The laptop informs Tonio that if D Dialga and Palkia collide one more time, their dimension is through! You know, I'd be worried, but I think he's just asking ChatGPT what's going to happen. 
What's going to happen now, Chad GPG? Uh, well, Doge, Dogecoin's going to go up. I'm certain of it. <laughs> it's just like Frieza. It's like it, the planet will blow up in the next three minutes, I swear. <laughs> I don't want Chad GPT to sound like Frieza. <laughs> that might contextualize some of the insane crap it says, though. So maybe that's for the best, actually. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, uh, Darkrai flies up into the action just in time to stop a beam from colliding, and it creates, like, a purple energy bubble around it to stop these beams from hitting. As it does this, Darkrai yells, This garden is everyone's! Except for it sounds like people doing an impersonation of Christian Bale's Batman. The bubble stops their energies from interacting, which is keeping everyone safe, but Darkrai is exhausted by keeping this up. Ash and Dawn make their way up the stairs. The wall disappears, causing Ash and Dawn to fall out. Buizel uses a water attack. This is the riskiest move in this whole movie. Buizel <laughs> uses an, a water attack to knock them across the giant gap to the other tower, and they land safely. I'm a checkster. <laughs> <laughs> They run inside and cool pendulums are rocking back and forth while melting. Reminder, the pendulum is probably a part of the part of the machine that, you know, plays the music. Yeah, there's a, we yeah. see a ton of this tower melting is they get up to get up it. Yeah. Um, Don sees the bubble rescinding outside of Darkrai and tells Ash to come back just in time to see Darkrai get blown the fuck up. It dissolves like Kyrie Kingdom Hearts. Everyone is sad. And then the two run up the tower into the music chamber. The Pokemon arrive at the same time, going up the other tower. But but now now Darkrai is going to rise soon then, right? Any second now, the wild ride will begin. <laughs> <laughs> Piplup clearly did not enjoy running as it is covered in sweat. Sweaty penguin is not a thing I ever want to see or imagine touching. Blech slick and gross anyway ash can't insert the disc into the machine it won't fit he exclaims the legendaries battle more antonio repeats well okay this time <laughs> this time when they collide that, that, that then we're done then we're done chat gpt ensures me that this time will be the time i changed the prompt a little bit it's more accurate this time <laughs> i promise once he realized what day and year it was and who ran the who was the president of the United States of America for some reason it thought it was Reagan and it called me a liar when I corrected it anyway Don looks at the middle and realizes it goes right there you just stick stick the plate in the middle they turn on the machine and it makes a boo sound because it has no power and it can't operate which makes sense because half of it has melted by now and that is a conservative estimate <laughs> They're like, ah, uh, it needs power. Petrissi and Pikachu use electric attacks. And it fucking works! It just <laughs> <Yes>. works! <laughs> it's like if half of my car melted off and I'm like, Pikachu, shock the motor. <laughs> Starts playing the music. The crowds of people in the city look on epically at the towers. Team Rocket looks exhausted and Polygon is drawn with weirdly human eyes. Everything stops melting away. The tower unfurls prongs that form cool shapes and some of the prongs in certain other parts of the structure. They start blooming into flowers and golden sparkles float up everywhere like pollen. It grows giant golden energy wings that flap. And then Palkia is healed. Antonio states that. Obviously, that is Orasion. Thank you, Tonio. Dialga decides to stop being a piece of shit and flies away. Just out of the movie immediately. Palkia flies up to the structure and looks at Dawn and Ash who lecture it on being a piece of crap. 
Why'd you have to take the whole town, you you loser cuck? You almost ruined everything because you couldn't win a fight. They also tell it you, you should probably put his bag in the correct dimension. And, and, and Palki is like, okay. And, and now transports everyone back to the correct dimension. We do a quick fade after everyone rejoices. And now everyone's sad at dusk as they remember Darkrai's efforts to protect them all. As it got owned over and over and over. Bob, the word rise in the English dictionary means when you get absolutely eviscerated, right? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Alice sadly thanks him for everything he did. Ash apologizes that he didn't know Darkrai was trying to do the right thing. Tonya walks off with Chinchar and Alice, and on the mountainside behind them, the shadow of Darkrai forms. And they all run back. It stands atop the tower with a shadow, and it looks really cool, and they see him up there, and it has the curly legs, and the Batman music is back, and Alice is like, oh, he's not dead anymore, and starts rubbing up on Tonio. End of movie. <laughs> Uh, the ending sequence has a Pokemon contest and cool cards with pictures of Dawn in various cute outfits. She looks like a Toho. <laughs> <laughs> Team Rocket tries to sneak into the Baron Alberto's place and Licky Licky finds them and the Baron walks up and we cut away. I, I think he might have killed them. <laughs> I feel like that's messed up. Let them have this win. He no. doesn't deserve his wealth. No, he, he, he earned this. <laughs> There's a song playing about carrying your dreams until they come true, always remembering you. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty, this is pretty Pokemon. We're just sort of, and then that song ends and a new one starts and it's a weird rap rock song that it's like, living in the shadow of Darkrai. And I'm like, what the, <laughs> what is going on? No one was doing that. What? <laughs> and then the movie really ends. And that was Pokemon, the movie Rise of Darkrai. I like the Japanese title more, so I'm saying it again. Pocket Monsters, Diamond and Pearl, the movie. Dialga versus Pialkia versus Darkrai. That is so much more accurate title. It also sucks because it's like a hundred words long. I mean, <laughs> I'll take that. If that if that's the price, I will take that. Okay, and with our synopsis done, it's time we get into the segments. But before we do that, did you know you can get these episodes a full month early and support the team that makes them? That's true. You can go over to patreon.com slash GB podcast, where if you're listening to the public one, a new one is there already waiting for you, the viewer. You can also get access to over, I think, 80 movie commentary tracks at this point and a whole freaking film called Isolation 119, a fantastic indie film about a man who could afford a camera and had a Mac break, so he filmed himself breaking it in Thailand or something, Also, he could get a tax break. That is patreon.com slash Podcast. Let's get to our first segment here. Whimsy Meter. Where is it coming in on that? It is a 1 to 10 scale. We are starting with Dr. Agro. Never in my whole life did I imagine this would happen. That we follow up the last movie with another solid 10. <laughs> we've, got, we've got a crazy late Renaissance built town where the main sport seems to be hot air ballooning. We've got this cathedral that doesn't have a church in it that has a weird, mysterious musical thing that has a puzzle, the solution to which is a photograph with notes on it. This is some puzzle game bullshit, and it's amazing. There's a baron who doesn't seem to actually rule anything. He just kind of hangs out in the sash. There's, there's dreams. There's weird eldritch abominations from outside space and time. This movie has whimsy dripping out of its holes. <laughs> Thank you, Agro. Put that shit on the box. 
I'm going next. I'm going to go ahead and say there's a lot of whimsy in a lot of the settings. Hot air balloons galore. Uh, this The city itself, the towers, the fact music will save the day. And the bond of humans and Darkrai. This garden of uh, seeming s- serene uh, friendliness that only gets interrupted occasionally. <laughs> what? It's just they're just good friends. Anyways. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and weirdly though, I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a six. Uh reason being there is a lot of space terror, and it does seem like a lot of the a lot of this movie is not as whimsical as the setting and proper nouns all throughout. It feels like the content here, the story itself, aside from the song that will save us, is not as whimsical as many of the movies we've already seen are, at least as not as whimsical as it could be. So I'm gonna give it a six. Next up is Shibuya. What you thinking, Shibuya? I'm with you on this one, Dan, because much like a Professor Layton game, the setting <laughs> on the surface, nice whimsy, you know, a very beautiful backdrop, a uh, quaint little town. You've got sort of the like Victorian, you know, we hot air balloon and we have our little towers that go bong on the hour every hour and we play songs and then it becomes Silent Hill. Did you forget the part where it became Silent fucking Hill? <laughs> Did you forget the part where Baron Alberto licked a woman twice? I, no, no, no. So, uh, on the surface, whimsy, but you dig a little deeper and what the fuck is going on? I'm also going to give it a six. Bob, you're next up. Yeah, I think it's pretty whimsical, but they do, in fact, get sent to Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll have to set it a seven, because like everyone said with the setting, it's very whimsical, but oh, man. Silent Hill's there. <laughs> Something else I think that would have brought up the whimsies instead of having the computer nerd, they had like a spiritualist, right? Somebody who ha- believes in like a faith or a myth. Mm-hmm. Some something like that that really enforces sort of natural tones. Instead, it's a nerd on a laptop. Yeah, it's kind of set in like I was getting. I let me know if anyone else got this. I was getting kind of Ghostbuster vibes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Are you a god? Ash is like, maybe? It's unclear. We don't really know where the aura came from. And then he throws sparkles into Dialga. Yeah. And he explodes. Movie solved. I might still be Lord of the Sea. I don't know when that totally wears off. Do I have tenure now? Yeah, he's ten years forever. Oh yeah, it's true. God, now I'm imagining the weird version that is Zool from the end of Ghostbusters, but in Dialga cosplay. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> really? Because I was just imagining Ash kicking the shit out of Zool. <laughs> uh, why not both? <laughs> Chris, where are you coming in on the whimsy meter? Ten. Oh, they go to Silent Hill. That is also whimsical. Is you it? guys have a bad attitude about being in Silent Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Reality melting is extremely whimsical. <laughs> That's like the most whimsical form of apocalypse. <laughs> like, if the world... I'm just, I'm just imagining Tonyo hot swapped with James Sunderland or whatever. <laughs> He's just doing the face for the Silent Hill 2 remake trailer the whole time. I, hey, 
Dan, I think that's your thumbnail. <laughs> Wh whimsical. Adjective. Playfully quaint or fanciful. And that is what I would define reality melting around me as. Especially if I'm walking around a fucking weird-ass Ghibli city on a gigantic platform in the middle of a lake. Yeah, I think I think all things considered, that is pretty whimsical. You know, there's a reason that so many different whimsical things are about reality itself disappearing in front of you because you know that's a bit more whimsical than a, a, a nearby volcano went off and lava is incinerating everyone in the city. <laughs> like, I get that one hundred percent. So yes, ten. Well, that brings our total amount of points to thirty nine, making an average of seven point eight on the whimsy scale. Man, I should make a different graph for every category we do and just watch <laughs> it go up and down the whole time. <laughs> Next, we're coming up on the dex check. Oh my God, I actually coincidentally go first. It's a 10. This is amazing. I love this movie. It has so many great Pokemon. I am so happy with these films. Please keep this energy. You could have chosen much dumber fourth gen Pokemon to be here. But I feel like they did a good job of picking the best. And just like front center, there you go. Uh, Dan, aren't you forgetting to read out all the Pokemon oh. in this movie? Oh, no. <laughs> you thought you escaped the horrors, <laughs> did you? On second thought, have fewer Pokemon. I think there are too <laughs> many the Pokemon eggs. in these movies. <laughs> Poke them down. <laughs> One moment. This man is living in the shadow of the dex check, I'll tell you yeah, what. Yeah, I'm dying in the shadow of the dex check. <laughs> that dex check just keeps on rising. <laughs> yes, unlike Dark <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm going to cover the debuts for this time because it really reinforces what I was talking about before I just read them all. It's uh, Darkrai, Infernape, love him, love him. Uh, Empoleon, love him. Torterra, love him. Licky Licky, sure. Chingling, sure. Finion, cool. Luminion, Gallade, awesome. Driftlim, Tangrowth, Yanmega, Luxio, Luxray. Oh, I called Luxio. Oh, Shanks, didn't I? Anyways, Gibble. I believe we found out it was pronounced, which is a thing. I've been yeah, saying Gibble. Gibble the whole time because I figured if it was Gibble, it should be spelt like Nibble. <laughs> he also looks like a Giver helmet. <laughs> <laughs> Bronzor, Honchcrow, Per Ugly, Shellos, and Cherim. Anyways, uh, let's let's get to it. God, kill me. This is bad. This is huge. Oh my god. I'm sorry, man. You have to I might have them. to cut out the montage only ones. That alone is its own giant list. But... Yeah, of course. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I think it's fair to cut out intro. Right. Uh, Pikachu Meowth, Wabafet, Piplup, Apom, Staravia, Turtwig, Baneri, Pachirisu, Buizel, Sudowoodo, Crogunk, Happiny, Chansey, Chimchar, Driftlim, Infernape, Honchcrow, Empoleon, Torterra, Licky Licky, Darkrai, Dialga, Palkia, Rattata, Sunfloor, Wormpole, Beautifly, Psyduck, Centret, Bellsprout, Croconaw, Grumpig, Rhydon, Stunky, Crobat, Masquerade, Ledeon, Pelipper, Chingling, Chimicho, Finion, Luminion, Curlia, Galley, Driftloom, Tangrowth, Yanma, Yanmega, Shinx, Luxio, Luxray. Okay, I got it right. Gibble, Bronzor, Hot, Murkrow, Honchcrow, Perugly, Shellos, Cheruby, Cherum, Cricketot, Unknown, Azuril, Meryl, Azamaril, <laughs> the three words to say in a row. Yeah. Burmy, Wormadon, Wormadam. Wormadam, son. Where'd you find this one at? <laughs> Wooper, Quagsire, Honda. 
Houndour. Houndour. There, I did it. Giraffering. Teddy Ursatropius. Tropius. Bibarel. Combi. I'm dying. Pidgey. Pidgeotto. Budu. Roserade, Mew, Mewtwo, Lugia, Zapdos, Moltres, Articuna, Unknown, Entei, Celebi, Suicune, Latios, Latios, Groudon, Jirachi, Deoxys, Rayquaza, Lucario, Regirock, Regiguise, Registeel, Kyle Ogre, Manaphy, Ho-Oh. And now for the movie montage ones, because those were all the intro ones at the end there. Togepi, Bulbasaur, Charizard, Squirtle, Mewtwo, Mew, Gyarados, Nidoqueen, Tentacruel, Vaporeon, Hitmonlee, Rhyhorn, Vileplume, Ninetales, Rapidash, Lugia, Charizard, Entei, Celebi, Suicune, Magikarp, Gyarados, Corsola, Latios, Latias, Whalmer, Jirachi, Groudon, Flygon, Rayquaza, Deoxys, Plusle, Minin, Mime Jr., Lucario, Mew, Regice, Chatot. Manaphy, Sea King, Waylord, Chincho, Lantern, Love Disc, Mantite, Mantine. It is still a 10. I love it. But oh my god, I'm going to die. Hey, Shibuya, what do you think about the decks? I like Gen 4. So that's immediately a plus is that we have an overwhelming wave of Gen 4 mons just thrown at me. And Brock has a Sudowoodo in his main cast and he wakes up from his nightmares and immediately does a little funny salute. It's a 10. Hell yeah. Bob. I like this variety a lot. This is a great set of Pokemon. It is missing like an all-time favorite Pokemon of mine in a major role. Like all these cool Pokemon don't do much except for uh, Chimchar with the air balloon. That's really good. But but Infernape was in a fight. Yeah, and so but, was Torterra. It was, was barely on screen though. And so was Empoleon. They were barely there. But they were. But they there. were there. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it eight because there's room to grow. Like, those cool Pokemon need to be more in the movie for me to give it, a, like, a 9 or 10. They should have shown the Infernape throw a Thunder Punch. <laughs> <laughs> you can't argue with that. Then Bob would have given it a 10. <laughs> I would have given it an 11. Chris, what do you think? Where's the Dex check coming tonight for you? Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. We've got Drift Blim. We've got Haunch Crow. We got Licky Licky. We got, uh, we got Shanks. Or not Shinx. We have uh, Luxio and Luxray. We also have Shinx. Oh, we do have Shinx. I think. We have Bronzor. I love Bronzor. Pretty strong cast all around. Heck yeah. So, uh, so yeah, eight. Aggro. I, I need to speak my truth right now. <laughs> I understand. Um, okay. I fucking hate Licky Licky. <laughs> I have always hated Licky Licky. He, I mean, in the generation of unnecessary evolutions... Including the really dumb Tangela evolution, he is the worst, and he sucks. <laughs> oh, but he's so delightful. He has that 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 thing on the top of his head that looks like perfectly coiffed hair. Yeah, I I didn't need Lickitung to be a berries and cream boy. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh that is so good though. <laughs> but there is a universal truth expressed in this film, and that is that. T is for Torterra, and so T is for 10. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like my score would have come in lower if they didn't have multiple evolutions of every starter. <laughs> right. And then just quick bronzer across the screen, like, oh, done. Oh, there we go. Full score. Next segment, the gun check. Would this movie have been better solved with a gun? Shibuya, you get to lead on this one. What, what are you thinking? This one's tricky. 
Because I feel like if you stop Antonio from attacking Darkrai, then Darkrai has a chance to explain why he is here and what he is doing, and we can avoid half of this movie happening. But at the same time, you know, the main cause is the god of space and the god of time have beef and are now uh, taking that out on each other and everything else. So no way in fucking hell. It would save me grief with Antonio, but that's about it. His name's Alberto. The other guy's name is Tonio. But I like I like the combination. I, I, I don't care. That, that's how little he means to me. So we're not solving this one with a gun. Nope. Okay. Not at all. Bob. Yeah, I agree that Alberto, Alberto should be shot. <laughs> that won't accomplish anything. But it will accomplish something. It will bring me joy, and that's all that matters. Fair. Uh, but yeah, we're not solving the main issues here with the gun, though. Unfortunately, Darkrai is a ghost and actually the good guy, and the other two are gods. Yeah, that's not. Mm. Why didn't they just shoot Janemba? <laughs> I don't think that would have worked, bro. Uh, Chris, what are you thinking on the gun check? Yeah, again, unless we're stretching the definition of gun to the shit Shinji used to kill that transforming <laughs> oh, angel that was powered by the entire fucking city. Unless we're stretching the definition of gun out to some shit like that that could conceiv conceivably take down a legendary. No, a gun would not help. Aggro? I was originally going along uh, with Shibuya's thinking about just straight up murking Alberto to preempt <laughs> the problem. But the more I think about Alberto, the more it seems like he's the kind of goofy-ass, insufferable cartoon character that the harder you try to kill him, the more the universe warps around him to protect him and make you miserable. Oh, no. So it's not even worth the try. No on the gun check. He's like a piece of crap John Wick villain. He's just going to keep getting away until he doesn't. I'm thinking about this man as a universal constant now, and this is upsetting me. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrible. That's a dark, that's a dark outlook on life. Watch him appear in every movie from here on. No! no! Oh. I don't think even if he was stopped, Darkrai doesn't know what to do. He really well, sure doesn't. He, does. he rises. <laughs> <laughs> he rises and he grows his legs. <laughs> oh, man, Bob. Mm. I bet you feel lucky. Yeah. Before we move on to that segment, I would like to say that makes it unanimous. This is one of the one of the movies where we all get to go. Absolutely not. <laughs> not a chance. Not solvable. This myth has been busted. <laughs> Bob, who was the MVP, the most valued Pokemon of this film? Uh, I'm going to go with Striplim. He goes around the text, all the nonsense going on with the space-time continuum, and then at the end of the movie, he and Tonio save Alice. He does it pretty well, this movie. Yeah, I actually forgot to mention, he has, like, really cool, like, weather, like... Yeah, he's a weather balloon. Yeah, it's really great. Like, I <laughs> forgot to mention, he's just carrying this equipment around. It's really neat. Chris, who's your MVP? Uh, Crow a gunk for keeping Brock out of jail. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> It's, it's so true. Aggro. Uh, straight up Palkia. Damn it. Palkia <laughs> is just chilling in the nowhere dimension. When Dialga attacks him for no reason, uh, Palkia gets wounded. He knows their battle's going to spill out and destroy all the space and time. So he nobly sacrifices just this one town to try and contain their battle. C couldn't have been uh, any field. 
like not a town at all? No. <laughs> I see. Are you glad you <laughs> yeah, asked? I think, I, I think you're assigning. I think you're assigning a lot of noble motivation to what is ultimately just being a bitch. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes, I'm creating a religion. Uh, <laughs> He tries desperately to contact Ash uh, through the medium of nightmares uh, because he knows that Ash was cursed by Dialga to be 10 years old forever. Uh, in the end, who saves the town? Who is it? Dialga? Darkrai? No, it's Palkia. Oh my god, he saved the town from what he caused. That's great. <laughs> what a Dialga good guy. caused. <laughs> it's true that Palkia probably could sense Ash's powerful aura and knew that he was the most likely <laughs> candidate. Mm -hmm. That's true. I'm going to have to go with an unorthodox pick. I feel like most people aren't aiming for this one, but uh, Baneri's great. Uh, they wouldn't have made it up the tower if it didn't use the cool uh, ice attack to make the stairs. And it blushed, and it was shy, and it was adorable. I love that Pokemon. Also, two of my other ones were taken. <laughs> but but let's not undersell Baneri. Baneri rocks. Shibuya, who's your MVP? Much as I would like to give it to Sudowoodoo, uh, I have to give it to Darkrai because he, he did rise. He sure did rise. <laughs> uh, he decided to rise. He decided to uh, attack this Gundam-looking bitch at every turn who caused problems for him. So he was like, I'll fire back. This is self-defense, bitch. Uh, he he did his best to protect the town that, frankly, didn't deserve it. Yeah. He he tanked a massive hit, and he blocked attacks from Palkia and Dialga at the same fucking time. That was cool. That is pretty baller. I, I just think he's based. That brings us to one of our most important segments as we study all of the information to discover per movie and thus per franchise at the end of it all. Is Ash in a coma? Starting the segment off is Chris. Chris, is Ash in a coma? Yes. Yes. <laughs> in fact, this entire movie is Ash starting to flatline and the doctor's managing to pull him back. That is why everything is melting. Yeah. That is so why reality why is Silent dying. Hill. Yes, that's why because it's Silent he is, Hill. He is, he is starting to die. He had They managed to bring him back just before irreparable brain death. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The fog was coming in and eating away at everything that once was. So he has never been in more of a coma than this movie. And the only thing <laughs> that can bring him back is show tunes. <laughs> Agro is Ash in a coma. This is sort of a complicated one because the answer is that, yes, he is in a coma, but this film does not represent his coma dream. The events in this movie actually took place and Ash in coma form was pulled by Palkia into the astral realm <laughs> along with this town to walk in the waking world. You see, all coma victims are suffering from the curse of Dialga, who is stealing their time oh my to increase his power. And in order to try and overthrow this time tyrant, this timerant, if you will, Palkia has summoned the most powerful child in the universe into this pocket town dimension to help him in defeating the evil Dialga. The only thing that went wrong is this giant Tim Burton-ass edgelord kept getting in the way. <laughs> I feel like this is more Palkia propaganda. Uh, no, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm here I'm, for it. I'm hearing these facts. Uh, they all check out for me. How about you, Shibuya? <laughs> so this one is complicated because 
I think he's in a coma, but not the entire time. I think this starts as him being awake and going to see Dawn do her little contest. And then Darkrai appears and Dark voids him. And from that <laughs> moment on, it's the FF8 thing where he is no longer awake for the rest of that movie. <laughs> I think everything after that, he's still stuck in the fucking nightmare. And Pikachu is there with him. They are the only two real people in that nightmare scenario. Oh, wow. So ultimately, yes, but not not 100% of the time. Okay, that's complicated. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I, I really dig a lot of what Chris was saying. I really think the city is a manifestation of Ash's sense of reality itself, his brain itself, its ability to remember things and places and people, and it's slowly fading away as he starts to flatline, but he's brought back by the power of some jingle he heard once before the coma. I'm going to go ahead and say this This is definitely proof Ash is in a coma. Bob? Thank God the ice cream truck pulled by. <laughs> I did saved him <laughs> at the last second. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the most clearly it's a coma movie we've had so far. Like, this thing's mostly about dreams and nightmares. So, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say, yeah, this is just a weird reflection of that. <laughs> no argument here. All right. Pretty unanimous on this subject, too. Well, that brings us to our next segment. RCS Ex Machina. How big are the plot holes just so the movie ends on the status quo of the show? Agro, one to ten. How big are these plot holes? How convenient is this just so it can be the show again? So the interesting thing here is that all of the space-time god battling it out in a weird Mediterranean town stuck in the mountains thing isn't where the rub is. Uh It's that... In the middle of this adventure, they learned, one, that there is a song that just immediately mind-dominates Pokemon and makes them docile, that they have the sheet music for, and two, if they find the right vibrating frequency, they can control Pokemon gods. Hmm. And I don't think that ever comes up again. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to give this one like a seven, because that vibration thing might just be tied to aura, so who knows? <laughs> Of course. This too is Aura. (laughs) I disagree. I think there's a pretty good precedence for music doing things to Pokemon in the Pokemon universe. Even the very first game, you use it to wake up a Snorlax. I think it's entirely possible that this bitch could really jam on a leaf, and it means some shit to people, to uh, god Pokemon. This is their way of communing with them on the celestial plane and saying, hey, seriously, fuck off. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say this was this was pretty straightforward from the beginning. There were no giant ass pulls. Nothing came. Like, imagine we were watching a different Pokemon movie, and then at the end, they were like, oh, let's just reset reality with the song we didn't set up at all on the machine we just found. That would be the ass pull version of this, in my opinion. So I, I'm giving this a one. It set up the rules pretty straightforward from the beginning. One might say this movie was transparently shallow in exactly what it was going to do and what it was about for about (laughs) over half of it. Shibuya, what do you think? I fully agree with you, Dan. Uh, This movie reminded me a lot of the second movie in that there's there's the one song for the set of legendaries that will fix shit. Mm -hmm. So if that doesn't really fuck with the status quo of things, then this doesn't either. Because this this was like telegraphed, 
there's evidence that it's worked before. It doesn't necessarily mind dominate so much as it like communicates the idea of fucking chill. <laughs> Dude, relax up there. The fuck are you doing? So it's it's and again, it's an isolated little mountain town. It's a it's a fucking Professor Layton plot, but instead of the middle of London, you know, where any of this would matter, it's cliffside town where you're going for a contest that isn't in the games so it's i think it's a one okay uh bob uh yeah it's not bad we have the whole thing where the movie ends and palky is like sure i'll I'll just hit the undo button it's fine i can do that (laughs) i mean the undo button is him just transporting this back to the normal dimension right so it's not like egregious or anything but i'm gonna give it like a three because like, Palki is too strong. Yeah, Palki is too dimensional to not mm. get a higher score. He is literally a god of space. Mm-hmm. This is like if Dialga had a movie where he turned back time, and I was like, I don't buy it. <laughs> I mean, it's just the nature of them. Either of them doing their thing is just like, yeah, that sucks. Two hours? <laughs> I don't know. That seems like a real stretch, Dialga. <laughs> <laughs> I will now move you to the Kmart across the street. Bob's like, ah, two. I, <laughs> I'm not sure Belkian should be capable of that. That seems like a stretch. <laughs> Chris, what are you thinking on the RCSX Machina front? Yeah, we're dealing with literal gods now, so it's kind of hard to point and be like, that's an ass pull. Like, it's not an ass pull if you establish... Yeah, these fucking Pokemon do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna give it like a like a three. Okay. Well, that brings our average score to a three. Weirdly enough, didn't expect that. Total points of fifteen. And now we're moving on to our ratings. Reminder: This is a fourth gen movie, so our scale goes from one to four hundred and ninety three. Weirdly enough, I have to start. I did not like this movie all that much. Um, this didn't even come from watching it twice. It came from watching it once and me being like, okay, we have all the pieces. What do you mean? There are 44 minutes left to this film. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like there could have been more interesting developments, but they only came up with so many story beats. They only had, they had too many legendaries, frankly. And, uh, I don't think this movie really plays to the strength or character of Darkrai. I think it's a really bizarre Darkrai film. I feel like Darkrai's role shouldn't be this weird dark knight that lives over the garden. I feel like that's that's really strange. Uh, he obviously should be some form of malevolent energy given his powers and stuff. And even if not that, then we don't need to shake him up in a movie full of two literal gods. That seems ridiculous. Absolute waste of legendaries in my opinion. And I wish there was a lot more going on. My favorite parts of this are the dex check absolutely great pokemon in it and um i really do love when an rpg be like yo but she knows the song that do good stuff it's magic (laughs) she's like watch this and then she plays despacito (laughs) (laughs) shibuya what are you thinking what's your rating for this movie I kind of disagree. This gave me the vibes of some of the earlier movies with, you know, its setting, with its setup. I I felt like we were returning to, like, a, a second movie kind of vibe, especially with the song that is very important. And honestly, Darkrai being, like, the guy who puts Palkia and Dialga in their get-along shirt, very <laughs> funny. I, I think that... I, I think taking this Pokemon that 
has like a horrifying in-game event and is totally based on nightmares and just being like, nah, he's chill. He heard some good tunes and he was like, yeah, I'll vibe here. Whatever. I, I think that's just kind of fun. As the first proper Gen 4 movie that isn't just a Gen 3 movie with a couple Gen 4 Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Pokemon selection. Great setting. Uh, I could do without Mr. Gundam, but he gets uh, kicked out of the movie by the le- by the end, so that last third is actually, you know, enjoyable. And Palkia is here. Palkia is a real Pokemon, not an illusion made to torment me. I'm so <laughs> fucking happy one of my favorite legendaries is real this time. Holy shit. Yeah. From where I'm sitting, it's one of my favorite movies we've had in a while, honestly, which is weird because I didn't expect that going in. I think I'm going to give it about a 450 personally okay nice bob you're next i actually feel like pretty much the opposite of that where i feel this is one of the worst ones we've seen in a while oh wow yeah i'm like this is 40 minutes straight of yeah we know you need to play a song do it oh no there's going to be countless action sequences that aren't very cool okay <laughs> um, I don't know. I never get tired of Darkrai being shot off into the distance and owned and crawling up out of the crater and be like, this time, though. <laughs> he never fails to rise. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just, I really wasn't into it. Like, it didn't, it didn't have the energy of the last few movies, and it did feel a lot like two, which I also went back and checked. I was like, oh, yeah, I did rate two really poorly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you did. Yeah, so I'm going to do, like, a, uh, 200, yeah, thereabout. This was pretty weak. Okay. Chris? Uh, I am going to give this... <sighs> now I have to do math. You just hear the oh. old-style calculator rolling the tape ribbon? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give this a 373. <laughs> I, I'm re- I liked a lot of parts of this movie, but I'm really like, guys, you don't have to push so hard for like 145. Yeah. Yeah. This movie would definitely been better if yeah. it was shorter. Mm-hmm. It's fine for these movies to just be 70 minutes long. There was definitely like the 20 minutes of pointless action scenes we didn't need. That the movie would just be better without having. But I did like the aesthetic. I liked the story. I liked the terrible Baron character. I thought that the visual element of him being inside Licky Licky was very funny. I thought all that was pretty good. Uh, I think Ash's new voice actor does a much better job in this movie than he does. I agree. Than they did in the uh, the previous movie where they just sounded like Ash was chain smoking. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that is really appreciated. Brock still sounds weird, but all around, other than that, it's fine. Three seventy three. Agro. Chris is right that this this movie could have used with a little leaning, a little less just long shots of the camera staring at fucking Licky Licky and expecting it to bring joy. <laughs> <laughs> but what this movie does have is Darkrai basically just bringing the strongest hot topic kid energy possible to the production. He's basically Edward Scissorhands pretending to be Batman and I'm living for it. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give this one a 390. Okay. Well, that brings the total amount of points to 1,593. And I'm not telling you anything else, <laughs> listener. <laughs> you get to do the math yourself. Oh, uh, that's right. Last time we came up with new ending slogans for Pokemon Go to the movies. And guess what? We recorded a batch of these in advance. So we don't even know what it was. Catch your monster balls later. Yeah. Woo! <laughs>